0: Welcome to Knit British, the podcast that explores all the connections of Britishness in wool, fiber and knitting. On this journey, meeting the people involved from sheep to skein, I am your host Louise Scally. Knit British and love local wool. Welcome in to episode 64 how are you? Welcome to you if you are a returning listener. It's always lovely to have you around here. And a special hello if you are joining us for the first time today. I hope that you enjoy everything you hear and that you will go over to the Knit British Ravelry Group and join in there too. Now I will say right off the bat that there is a bit of banging happening upstairs in the flat above, and I also have A very pretty podcat who is sitting on the desk looking at me with a bit of disdain that I've interrupted her, sleep in time. (laughs) So there will be podcat interruptions, no doubt. But if I keep stroking her and scratching her under the chin, then that might help. you going to stay there? Hmm? Podcats, for some reason, dislikes being recorded on audio. Oops. Bye, Jeremy. As always, she's here for the beginning and she goes before we get cracking. That get cracking, especially for Verselman on Twitter, who for some reason really likes it when I say, let's get cracking. Podcast interruptions aside, how are we all doing? It's great to be back again podcasting with you and it's been a busy old time, some things I really can't talk about it at the moment, but other things have been distracting me this week. And I've been working quite a lot to compensate uh, because the lovely fella and I are heading on a holiday soon. And so I've been trying to get a lot of work done before we go away and making up for the time that I'm going to be off before I go, if that makes sense. So, yeah, there's been a lot happening One of the things I have been doing since the last time we spoke is planning Wovember with Felix Ford, the beauteous and awesome Felix Ford. Uh, We have been up in our game on the Wovember planning and she was here for a few days and we had an awesome time uh, working on content and themes for this year. You may notice that the website at Wovember.com is changing slightly. All good things to be come in time um, to talk about, but We are really excited and it's good to be getting up on our game earlier in the year this year. So that's been fantastic. And also this week I have been speaking to the wonderful and also beauteous and awesome Leona Jane Kelly from Fluff about the big whip rip. And if you listened to the last episode, you will have heard me talk about this. On Saturday, the 3rd of September from 12 till 3 It might be 11 till 3, I can't quite remember. We are going to be hosting a big whip rip at Fluff in Dundee. This is an opportunity for you to get your unloved, unfinished whips out of hiding and rip them back and free up that yarn. For a small donation to P-Hop, we can make you a cup of tea while you rip your whip, we can help you rip it if you're too frightened to do it, or we can do general hand-holding and moral support. But you will be going home with no more unfinished, unloved whips and lots more yarn. And it is going to be sweater season by then. So, you know, just enabling enabling you to knit what you've got rather than buy more yarn. Now, of course, we know that you can't all come to Dundee, which is a shame because we'd love you to all come to Dundee. But you can use the hashtag Big Whip Rip. You can already take pictures of the whips you've got in hiding get them out of hiding, get them in readiness for the big whip rip and get your friends round, you can even make a do- donation to P-Hop as well, have a ripping party, you know and make a donation to P-Hop in um, lieu of all those pennies of per hour of pleasure that you were going to have now knitting with your brand new free up yarn so don't forget that the big whip rip is happening on the 3rd of September and there will be more on that soon. In this episode of the podcast I am kind of on a cloud nine of worsted yarn and I have a review of Jimison and Smith's New Heritage Naturals range and I'm also uh, going to be looking at some fantastic worsted yarn from Barber Black Sheep in a two part yarn road test, two part for a specific reason which you'll find out later and I have a review at the new book Nitzkrieg, A Call to Yarns. So let's get on with the show. Now you
1: talk twice, the sound goes
0: through the cable to the box. A man records it on a big record at wax. But you have to talk into the mic perhaps. I was extremely excited when I heard that. Jemison and Smith, the Shetland wool brokers, had added to their Shetland heritage yarns with natural shades. And I was so excited to be asked if I wanted to try it out. You can probably imagine uh, my excited answer. Um, I've knit with the dyed shades of the heritage yarn before. These were developed a few years ago with the Shetland Museum to create a yarn range that was very close to the original yarns used in Shetland's Knitting Pass, specifically hand-spun yarns. And they were also dyed in colours which complemented the original shades of Fair Isle Knitting found in examples in the Shetland Museum. Uh, Unlike the other awesome yarns at Jimmison Smith. The heritage range is worsted spun and if you love their, their woolen spun jumper weight, which is incredible too, you really won't believe how different the heritage is until you hold it in your grabby, nitty hands. <laughs> Excuse the scruffling while I produce a ball to tell you about 80 little clouds of worsted deliciousness is kind of my first description. And here, if you if, don't know if you can hear it, but as always, here is a squish for you. There are six natural shades added to the dye range, which uh, I think there are 12 shades of that. And you know how I love the natural shades. Natural White, Fawn, Murrit, Light Grey, Grey and Shetland Black are the most beauteous natural rainbow of shades in the Shetland Heritage Naturals range. So, uh, as I say, it's worsted, spun uh, from Jimmison Smith combed tops and the resulting... I'll try and put a picture actually of a strand of the worsted and a strand of the wool and just so you can see the difference. Um, Because I know that some of you won't yet get to feel the difference, but it really is just a different yarn all together. It's incredible. And I love Jimison Smith's yarns already and uh, this just makes me love them more <laughs> I think it's that, the fact that it's worsted spun and it's you know, so it goes through a process of combing to get all of those fibres sort of parallel so it's not carded up chopped up and carded and brushed like um, like woolen spun is and it's because of that worsted spinning that makes it so airy and a really incredible yarn and I knew right off the bat that there was no point in me knitting a swatch in this I wanted to knit something bigger and because it begs you to be selfish and think selfish knitting this yarn really does uh you can see the way that this review is going you may fast forward now if you do not wish to hear me talk anymore about how awesome this yarn is it's brilliant buy it. it's three pounds twenty a ball six natural shades go for it for those of you who want to know more I decided that I would cast on Ella Gordon's Croftoose hat because, one, I'll need one for going to Shetland and I had already cast on my my colourful one uh, that Felix Ford, you might remember, had helped me pick colours for to match my street, Old Street in Shetland. Um, But I'd kind of put that to one side. But when I saw these natural shades and I think there's something about this... Yarn being designed to be very close to, you know, traditional coat marks, hand spun, Shetland Worsted. I wanted to try Fair Isle and, you know, I'm always on this quest to do better at colour work. And a whose hat is the one for me. And I decided, because I'd cast on uh, my colourful one and I'd done the corrugated ribbon and I already decided before I did, you know got much further that I wasn't going to really like doing the the crown. I prefer um, a plain crown rather than a fair Isle crown. And so I thought I would do the modifications for the plain rib and the plain crown that's on Ella's website. She did a blog post about it and I'll link to that in the show notes. So I cast on with the Shetland black and decided I would have the Shetland Black, which is brown, I mean, let's, like, Shetland Black is the darkest, darkest, darkest brown, PT brown, um, almost black barely there black, perhaps um, it's not black true black, yeah, so I cast on that in the rib and um, and sort of got going with that and because I have a massive heed, I knew that I was going to need more than three rows of houses uh, <laughs> I sort of factored in for four rows of houses and I did my background shades for each sort of strip of houses uh, as the light fawn, the white, the light fawn, the white. So alternate between those. And my hooses, um, I used the Shetland Black and the Murat for the first row and the grey and the fawn for. Uh, on the white and alternated and first of all i'll say you know that i do struggle with yarn control when doing fair isle and i was always when i would do color work details before i was always a slip and grip girl so i would have both of the Um, colours in my right hand and I would just slip each one and pick up the other one as needed and then I took Carrie Westerman's two-handed colour work class and got better at working with two-handed so but I I'm still not very confident at doing that all the way through and I find that I hurt my hand I get my little RSI flares up so I kind of alternated between the two-handed and the slip and grip which isn't great for tension I grant you but this yarn is just such a delight to to knit up it's gorgeous and the the color work I I did it on 3.25 needles I didn't swatch don't tell anybody this yarn is is finer in in the in the ball than than the the jumper weight and I knew it would bloom up because as I say I've used this yarn before in the dyed shades so I think it's 3.5 for the oh I can't remember what the what the gauge is but I've used 3.25 needles I expected there to be blooming after washing and blocking I'm sorry I keep stroking my hat because I just love it Knitting with this yarn was was really nice and somebody had said, I think it was maybe the lovely Jenny Irvin had said, how, asked me afterwards how did I find it because she wasn't sure that it would be a good yarn for colour work because it's not sticky. I can't say that I had that experience. This yarn was lovely for Fair Isle. I was using wooden needles and whenever I did slip a stitch it pretty much stayed there like Using woolen spun Shetland wool does. I didn't ladder or drop any stitches. I've tried doing color work with a lot worse yarns, shall we say, um, that weren't so suited to doing color work. Perfect for color work, and truly, I wouldn't expect anything less of a yarn that's been recreated to look like and feel like, and knit like the original hand spun yarns that were used in Shetland knitting and also in Fair Isle. I loved the feel of the yarn over my fingers when I was knitting with it. As I say, the, the balls of yarn, 25 grams, like all of their four ply and lace weight. So, so airy and squashy. There's just, there's just, it's just gorgeous. It really is like a cloud. So knitting with it and the, and the yarn through through the fingers was absolutely uh, lovely and I find as I say that it was a, a good yarn in terms of structure. My Fair Isle skills I am quite chuffed with although my houses are offset because I've obviously fudged the stitches somehow but actually I don't care because I really, <laughs> really love it and although uh, <laughs> the rows of houses next to where my beginning of the row stitch marker were look derelict I mean they they really look awful I'm gonna have to do some sort of duplicate stitching over the top of that (laughs) I don't know what went wrong because my other my colourful hat doesn't have that problem but perhaps it was me worrying about pulling the stitches too tight but in some cases I've not pulled them tight enough so so a little bit of derelict housing going on but lots of croft houses are derelict these days so that'll be my little homage to them I, I washed it and I blocked it over a balloon and I just love to see those stitches bloom and the the fine feral fabric fluff up. This is a, a yarn with texture. There is a fibre halo on this yarn, yarn and the knitted fabric. And for those of you who love your textural, char- characterful yarns, you're going to love this. It really is very different from... jumper woolen spun jumper weight um, piece of fabric in that respect wonderful really really wonderful uh, yarn and yeah I'm I'm like hugely impressed with this yarn this is a yarn that after I'd finished knitting with it I was sad (laughs) I was really sad uh, because it's it's it really is lovely and I'm incredibly proud of the fact that this is a yarn made from local Shetland sheep Shetland wool from Shetland and spun to feel and look like hand spun yarns of Shetland's knitting heritage That makes me incredibly proud as a Shetlander and incredibly excited as a knitter. And I foresee a lot of heritage yarn in my future. Of course the next thing that I'm dying to knit with this yarn is lace. And I think this would make an incredible hap. It really would. I don't know if anybody is uh, using it in the hap along. Do remind me. Give a shout if you are. I'd love to see what you're making. But... I just think it's wonderful even just looking at the long fibers on the on the knitting on the needles I just love that there is nothing more beautiful than a yarn that shows its character and talks of the animal that it came from but also it also speaks of of um, Shetland's heritage and of actually craftsmanship now to cre- recreate a yarn like that uh, now that I've done some colour work, I'd love to see what it can do with lace, and so watch out JNS because when I come home for Shetland Wool Week, I think I'm going to be knocking at the door for more of this. Thank you so much to Karis at JNS who thought Louise might want to try this and talk about it on the podcast, and I am extremely pleased to do that. It comes in twenty five gram balls. The tension is thirty stitches and thirty-two rows uh, for as four inches slash ten centimeters over a Fair Isle pattern using three millimeter needles. That's not my gauge. That's the suggested gauge. For every twenty-five gram ball, you get one hundred and ten meters or one hundred and twenty yards, and each ball is 300, 3 pounds, three hundred and twenty pounds is worth its weight in gold, if you ask me. But each ball of yarn is three pounds twenty, and honestly well worth your box, totally you're going to love it and I forgot to say that rubbing it on the inside of the arm it's it's really soft it's it's softer than you would imagine it's softer than you would imagine a biased Shetlander would have you believe it's soft, it is soft um, I'm so chuffed with it and so chuffed with my Crofty's hat and the first piece of Fair Isle knitting I can actually show off and uh, it's it made me go off and finish my colourful one as well which I promise I will take photos of soon once I weave the ends in of course I have cast on another one <laughs> um, so looking like three Croftoose hats going Shetland Wool Week all in jimison and Smith yarn if you haven't taken part in the Croftus knit along as a little aside here give it a go Do you know what? Go on over to um, Shetland Wool Week website and fill in the the details to get your free pattern. It's so worth it. You can have a lot of fun with it, but do bear in mind if you are like me and have a large head, you'll probably need an extra row of houses. I got sent a book a few weeks ago from Unicorn Press. Uh, it's a copy of their recent publication *Knit'skrieg: A Call to Yarns*, and I was asked to review it. it, it the book was written by Joyce Meader, uh, who you may have heard of, is very interested in knitting history, and it's described as a history of military knitting from 1800 to the present day. The book is made up of five sections 19th century wars 20th century, 21st century anti-war and peace movements and also knitting uh, patterns. The book is a record of knitting and the history of knitwear during warfare and there's an incredible amount of uh, excellent archival images to illustrate each section. Really the archival images and Uh, adverts and patterns included in the book are wonderful the history of military knitting is not something that I know a lot about or I'm that interested in uh, but this book is absolutely fantastic at filling in that knowledge. It begins with the Battle of Waterloo and looks at the War of Independence in the US and the Crimean and the Boer Wars through to the two world wars and also mentions Uh, the Korean-Rhodesian and Falklands War, as well as Iraq and Afghanistan. I particularly liked learning of the knitting songs of the 20th century, and I also really enjoyed reading about the troops in Afghanistan who had their own knit group. The photography of them knitting at camp is fantastic, really, really good, and the sections on knitting and warfare are really nicely rounded up by a section on knitting for peace or in protest of war, and as i say it's um it's a collection really of it's a a a very kind of potted history of knitting during these times it's the archival imagery and sketches which are used to best effect in this book. Unfortunately, the majority of photography that's been taken for the book is grainy. And often out of focus. Poorly lit and sometimes not very well composed either. I suspect some have been taken to sort of look archival. um, Because there are pictures of uh, men dressed up. Military uniform. um, Wearing some of the knitted items from the book. But I'm afraid this just doesn't work for me at all. It's just... It actually is a shame because the, the, the archival imagery is so good and this sort of looks a little bit caricaturish um, of that. Um, so that's a shame. Although I have to say again that the images of the um, soldiers knitting in Afghanistan and the the there's a picture of the 7th Armoured Division Desert Rats in Guernsey's and the the all of the sort of photo bomb the photo bombing the yarn bombing images are are awesome, but I suspect not possibly taken by the person who was taking the rest of the photos for the book, and it just it just jars. Unfortunately, as I say, the book is a really interesting ephemera of military knitting, but that is sort of offset by the layout of content and particularly the knitting patterns, which I think sh- could be better in a book like this a book on knitting you know we expect a a certain standard when it comes to layout particularly of patterns i'm afraid i wasn't too impressed by that as an example just one thing but just stands out like a sore thumb and i'm not a designer and i'm not a tech editor i'm just someone who enjoys knitting patterns Five of the patterns use New Lanark yarn and the yarn is described differently almost every single time when a consistent style should and could have been applied. I feel like this book could have really done with the help of a tech editor uh, in addition to a bit more care and attention to layout, style, image, use and quality. For me these things do impact on the enjoyment of the book, which is a real shame because Mida presents such a lot of interesting and useful information here, but for me it detracts. I like it. I like a book that you can get enjoyment out of looking at um, aesthetically, visually, as well as the information that's in there and 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 again this book slightly fell short of that for me. If you would like to, to look at this for yourself, Knitskrieg costs £18.99 RRP and is available for most booksellers. The paper quality of this hardback is great and as I say, uh, there's you know absolutely nothing wrong with the archival images that's used or the information that's there. As I say, there's lots of interesting and useful information included but unfortunately the layout, the modern images and the flat lays of clothes don't really... that are photographed don't really do it for me too much. So for those above reasons I give this book if I was to start giving books some marks out of 10 this would be about 4.5 out of 10. I am very grateful to Unicorn Press for letting me have a look at Knitskrieg. Perhaps it's because I am am interested in knitting history and I am also interested in knitting that this kind of jars for me. If you are purely interested in, if you can purely read this as a book about history or a collected ephemera, then then that's fine. But unfortunately I like a good layout. I like good margins. I like nice boxes. I like good fonts and spacing and really good clear images and also I like a pattern that's well laid out it doesn't matter how simple the pattern is it can be laid out according to a certain style and that should be applied to all of the patterns in the book um, as I say you can always rely on Knit British for 100% honest review and genuine opinion <laughs> Yarn Road Test Part 1. I was asked to um, review some yarn from Barber Black Sheep. Barber Black is Catherine Barber, who is a dyer from Wales. And she has recently had her own flocks of Welsh mule wool spun into a very limited edition yarn from the Natural Fibre Company. Catherine sent me some of her Aran. And also four ply and a very special excuse the scruff ones I take out of the bag BFL and Gotland Cross with Tusa Silk. I immediately wanted to cast on with the Aran. The little um, mini skein just jumped out at me. It is so bouncy and buttery and that kind of really struck me that it was a really lovely bouncy yarn. Now, I was talking about the jimison Smith Heritage yarn before. That's two-ply worsted spun and very dainty and uh, and fine, fine spun. And, and, I, and I must say that her four-ply is very much like that too in that kind of same sense. But the Arran is just a gorgeous, plumpy, bouncy plied yarn. And I thought, yeah, I need to cast that on straight away. And so I... Had aimed to have cast on and knit swatch of all of them to give you a little review today, but I had have had this flare up of RSI in my hands, and so I've knit one, and you'll have to come back next time to hear about the others. Um, what struck me about the Aran, uh, the range is called hafrin It was that utter bounciness and buttery feel. And it's got such a lot of body and I just wanted to see how it knitted up. So just cast on my favourite garter stitch straight away, knit on 4.5 millimetre needles. And the resultant swatch was really thick and very elastic and very soft. And when you squash it, it has lost none of that bounce at all. It sort of reminds me of, I don't know if you remember or if you had adverts for Axminster carpets. Um, But in the 80s, they had these adverts of people sort of squashing a section of yarn, a section of carpet and uh, being very deep and squashy. And that was what it was like squashing this, this, uh, (laughs) this, this swatch. And I wore the unwashed swatch sort of in the waistband of my skirt last Sunday just to see what it was like and how it felt. And actually... (laughs) <laughs> embarrassingly, someone said to me what is that poking at the top of your skirt? It was my swatch <laughs> um, didn't know it was there, when you rub the swatch on the inside of your arm it's creamy and soft and lovely there's not a bit of prickle air but there is enough textural character to make those garter bumps crisp and very defined i washed it and blocked it and wondered if it might lose a bit of that spring in the wash and it has not uh, and it has kept its dimensions and it's kept the squash this is a really good yarn for memory very good indeed I'm very impressed and I keep thinking this would be fantastic for your autumn sweater cast-ons. The Haferin Allen comes in 50 gram skeins and costs £7.50 for a 100 meter skein. Now obviously Catherine is dyer, this yarn is undyed. But you will be able to buy yarn in a really gorgeous palette which complements the yarn entirely. It's so beautifully saturated. Um, sort of semi-solid colours, and the colours are all inspired by Catherine's childhood memories in Wales. She's having a little holiday till the middle of this month, but it actually nearly is the middle of this month, so um but that doesn't mean you can't see the full range of yarns on her website and see those colours, and I'll try and link to some pictures in the show notes at knitbritish.net forward slash hyphen 64 I I'm quite sure that this gorgeous four-ply is going to knit up uh, in a similar way. It's just beautiful. And I'm really excited to try the BFL and Gotland and Silk, which is a beautiful oatmeal grey colour with a gorgeous luster on it. And the Welsh mule also has a luster on it. I kind of forgot that this was one of those breeds that does have a little bit of natural luster. It's not shiny, shiny like your long wools. But it's very nice indeed, very nice. As I say, Barbara Black Sheep is close to mid-month, but you can still see all of the yarns on the website at wwwbarber blacksheepcouk and you will see all the other goodies that she has there, including pencil roving and dyed bats and tops and other yarns. But These yarns are really special, as I say, they're from her own flock. She has saved up quite a lot of clips to create this really special yarn and when it's gone, it's gone. As I say, it's got me thinking about sweaters and particularly, I think it would make a gorgeous black sweater or harvest uh, cardigan by Tin Can Knits, which is in their simple collection. I think those need a lovely, bouncy, soft yarn, not necessarily soft because you know I'll I'll wear pretty much anything next to my skin wool-wise, but I think this would, would be really nice with the garter in on the sleeves of the flaxwear certainly offset against the, the stockinette, so uh, a really, really nice wool and a really, really nice online shop to fall down the rabbit hole of hand-dyed British wools. lovely fella and I have hired a camper van and we are going to be going up to the Highlands for a tour about and I can't wait, I really can't wait, neither of us have been any further than sort of the Black Isle Um, so it's going to be a bit of an adventure and it's probably going to be a bit of a Benny Hill adventure because neither of us have had our own camper van before so it's going to be hilarious Like things like I don't want us to do number twos in the caravan toilet because I don't want to have to empty that. (laughs) (laughs) So our plan is that we are going to go up to the Black Isle. And we're going to then go up to Caithness because I have, I think I know someone who lives up there that might make make, make us a cup of tea if we pass by the door. Uh, then we're going to go to Sutherland and we're going to stay, um, we're staying at campsites all the way around. Then we're tra- going to travel down sort of uh, through Ascent to Ullapool. And then we're going to have a final night in the Black Isle before we come back. And then after, we because we only have the camper van for a few days, we thought we'd extend it a little bit. So we're staying at some wigwams in the Trossachs. Can't wait. Love wigwams. Have have stayed in wigwams uh, in other places before and really enjoy that too. So I thought I would ask you if you knew of any awesome woolly places or sheepy places to stop off on the way. Basically, essentially, we're doing the North Coast 500. I thought it would be really good to see if we could find some Highland wool on the adventure. And so if you know of anywhere on that trip, so basically we're going from the Black Isle up the East Coast and uh, to Caithness. Then we're going to be travelling from Caithness to Sutherland. Then we're going to be travelling from Sutherland down to Ascent and Ullapool before heading back to the Black Isle again. We're kind of cutting out Apple Cross and that kind of area because we don't have the, and Westeros because we don't have the camper van for that long. Um, so we're making the most of what we can um, so yes, if you know of any local yarns any farm yarns any local dyers in that area then give me a shout either, either leave a comment on the show notes at knitbritish.net forward slash ep hyphen 64 drop me an email louise at knitbritish.net um, or find me on Twitter, Instagram or Ravelry and do let me know, I'd like to know your little wooly treasures along the way. I would love to go to Sky. I would love to go to the islands. We don't have time to do that this trip. So I'm talking specifically about those places or not too far off the beaten track from those places. Uh, Of course, driving through Ascent, um, we were very, very keen to uh, drop off at the dye shed of, of Helen Lockhart Ripple's Crafts who uh, just so happens is going to be at the Maiden Ascent day at one of the local halls they're holding it's all local craftspeople so I know where I can find some awesome hand dyed yarn in that area but I'm really looking for I'm really interested in, in, as you know, natural coloured yarns and farm yarns and, you know, small local businesses too. Uh, um, so if you know of anywhere, give me a yell. What kind of knitting projects do you like to take on journeys with you? I know some people don't like to be driving on long journeys and knitting because they feel ill, but I can, you know, look up and knit. I don't have to be looking at my knitting if it's not something overly complicated. So I, I pretty much take anything with me and i and i can also look at a pattern as well as knit and look up i do sometimes get travel sick though so i just have to be careful to sort of make sure i take breaks but what kind of things do you like to knit i know socks are a big thing um with people who go on journeys but what is your favorite knitting for a journey what a glorious feeling If you're taking part in the Book of Haps along, it is coming to an end, sort of, soon. If you're taking part in using British wool or local to you yarn in your hap, then do post a picture in the finished object thread by 11.59pm UK time on Sunday the 14th of August. That's this weekend. Okay, that's this Sunday coming. I announced the prizes uh, in a post last week, so I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, but do not worry if like me you haven't finished because we'll just keep the hap love going a bit longer sans competitive element you know that i won't be closing the hap chat thread and you are more than welcome to use the book of haps along chat all year round for any kate davies book of haps project that you you cast on I have been so blown away by the multi-happing that is going on, Miss Maylin, <laughs> Blythe Spirit. You are amazing with all of your multi-happing that's going on. And also, uh, Sarah M.W., she's had a couple of haps on the go, too. There's lots of us that are uh, dipping in with more than just one. I have cast on Hamegate and the uh, Nut hap and not got very far with either of them, thanks to a bit of loss of knitting mojo and then these these hands. Uh so uh but some of you are just herding along on more than one hap. I'm just I it's just amazing and you you guys are so awesome in the Knit British Ravelry group in the hap thread. You're so inclusive. You're so welcoming and of everybody who just comes in and wants to cast on and you're so supportive and i just love you you are so awesome and you are one of the reasons why i love doing this podcast i keep saying that the community means everything and your enthusiasm for haps and your enthusiasm for british and local rules and your enthusiasm for just jumping in and going okay i wasn't going to take part in another cal but let's just Let's just cast on anyway. You're just awesome. You really, really are. And every single one of you are winners. As I say, that that competitive element, if you're using British wool and you're in the UK or you're using a local to you yarn outside the UK, I want to see you post a picture in the finished object thread, if you can, by that time on Sunday, the 14th of August. And winners will be announced after I come back from holiday. So don't expect me to be picking a winner soon plus it's going to take me ages to pick a winner I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do that it might have to be random, random drawing I lost sleep the last time I had to pick half prize winners <laughs> but you're brilliant you're all awesome and you uh, you know there are some of you who are just living nitcariously uh, in this uh, HapCal and just watching what people are doing. There are some of you who are knitting one Hap. There are lots of you knitting more than one. And do you know what I haven't seen so much this year? This is a call to action. I haven't seen quite so many... Cats on haps this hap-along. Remember last year we had lots of cats for scale in hap images, progress images and finished object images. So I now ask you to go over to the Knit British Ravelry group, get into the hap chat thread and let's see your feline friends on the haps because there hasn't been near enough cats on haps images this year. For my listeners across the sea in North America, this bit is for you. I want to shout out to the Wooly Thistle, who is podcaster Claire from New Hampshire Knits. I'm sure you've listened to her. She is awesome. As you may know, she's an expat, Scott, living in New Hampshire. And she has started a business um, this year, uh, just before the summer, bringing awesome British and UK yarns to the US and North America. And... From Blacker to Eden Cottage Yarns, West Yorkshire Spinner's John Arbin, Claire has got a website, www.thewoollythistle.com and she has uh, been importing these yarns for you guys over there so that you can get your hands on some of these yarns that we're always talking about. If you love British wool but you find it hard to get a hold of outside of the UK or you find that postage prices from the UK are too steep for you to be buying regularly then you must check out Claire's website thewoollythistle.com and have a look at what she's got there Um, well done Claire and many congratulations on your new venture it's been long overdue for me to make a mention of it that believe it or not is just about all we've got time for this episode apart from it's time to say hello to the new kids in the Ravelry group I know that there are some of you who don't particularly enjoy this part of the show. So thank you very much for listening and please come back again uh, next time for more. It's lovely having you here. For those of you who don't mind me saying hello to the new kids, then listen in. At the moment, at the time of recording, we have 1,846 members in the Knit British Traveller Group. Hello to all of you. Every single one of you. Hello. It's lovely to have you you join in the community there Uh, the new kids at the moment of recording are Femke J who is Femke from the Netherlands hello to Penny McKelvey hi Penny lovely to have you join in the group hello to MT Needle who is from Minneapolis, Minnesota sorry I don't know your first name but hi to you MT Needle hello to Jemmy Lute who is Jane from Spain hi Jane from Spain Hi to Pamela Butler who is Pam from Derbyshire and hello to Snowdrop Lady who is Wendy from the UK. And over in the hello thread, I want to welcome in those who stopped by to say uh, hello. Genus Kent, who just popped in to say, Hi Louise, for I recently found your podcast and enjoy them very much. I listened to your latest one yesterday whilst finishing a jumper in Rowan wool. You've inspired me to lo- try local, so I'm off to get some Romney Marsh wool shortly, as that's my local sheep. That is awesome. That's fantastic. Well done. And that's Maggie. Um, I hope you enjoy your Romney Marsh wool. Also uh, Gemma Lude who is Jane um, says I feel a bit of a fraud being in this group because I live in Spain but I am British. Let me just say Jane if you have a look at the at the member list of the Knit British Traveller Group you will see that we come from all over and are united by a love of wool and uh, UK wool so you are very 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 welcome. Um Jane goes on to say, I was given a huge quantity of local fleece, which is a merino crossed with some ancient Spanish breed, which I'm slowly working my way through, but it's very coarse and I long for some something nice and soft and fluffy next to my skin and spin with. Well, I do try and give you a fair share of soft and fluffy, but also, hopefully, you might, you might in listening to the podcast, learn to love the slightly more characterful wolves too. Um, she says I should be listening to you and your recommendations and experience with different British breeds. Well, that is the thing about experience in different British breeds is loving how unique those breeds are, and I'm really excited to hear about your merino crossed with an ancient Spanish breed. I hope you will share with us what you've spun with that fleece and um thank you so much for joining the group and saying hello next time i will be back around the end of the month fresh from my highland holiday hopefully laden with yarn if you guys can come up trumps with some awesome local wools for me to try and some nice sheepy places to visit and i will have some news hopefully my hands will be recovered enough to do some knitting and bring you part two of the barber black sheep yarn review two Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for your feedback and all your connections on social media and those of you who take the time to review the podcast on iTunes. That's incredible. Thank you very much for taking time out to do that. I really appreciate it. Enjoy what's left of August and the fine weather if you are in Edinburgh. Enjoy the Fringe Festival. There's a reason why I am running away during it. Take very good care. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Knit British podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. You can email me, louise, at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British. And I'm on Ravelry as Lira. Take care of that